Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Trade week continues on Rico Bronia. Evan Roberts, Pete Hoffman. Uh, we did Met Yankee trades, which was just a complete waste of time because none of those trades are going to happen. But today, after careful study, we will try to put together realistic trades for the New York Mets during this offseason. Now, here's the problem. Me and Hoff just can't sit here and say, hey, let's trade James McCann and a prospect for Shohei Otani. We can't do that. So we needed to bring in an honest, realistic baseball man. And so we brought in a guy who I've heard a lot over the last couple of years, and he seems like one of those guys that just loves baseball, doesn't love a team, everything's great, I love that the Phillies are doing this. I love that the Astros are doing that. Everybody's happy. So he's an honest baseball guy. And that, of course, is Cody Decker, who you've seen with Craig on his TV show, on our radio show, and all over the place. Cody, I appreciate you being the ruthless general manager today. Thank you for coming on. My man, I'm here to tell you everything darkness or lightness that is going to come the Mets way. Listen. (laughs) It's funny we're going to talk trades because, honest to God, they're not going to do anything on the trade market. What they're going to do is just sign everybody as they should. You know what's funny? It, I, that's what I would do because the thing I'm going to run into with these trades is that I don't want to trade prospects. I kind of want to mm-hmm. hoard them. And it's not to say that I think, you know, Mark Vientos is going to be better than Shohei Otani. It's that when you just sign a free agent, that's it. You sign a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've got the draft pick compensation. I get all that. If you sign guys, you can keep all your prospects as opposed to trading assets. So I've said going into this offseason, that's my preference. But I can see, especially if they lose DeGrom, which I'm scared of, if they lose Brandon Nemo, which is a possibility, or if they just want to add to this roster that trades are a possibility. But it's not my ideal route because it's just easier to sign guys and not trade up your top prospects. It is. And keep in mind, the trade market is a serious, it's a crapshoot. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of scenario. I mean, there's a lot of trades that on paper look amazing. And then five years down the road, the White Sox are going around, wait a second, we traded Jane, we traded for James Shields for Fernando Tatis Jr. We did what? You didn't know Fernando Tatis Jr. at 16 years old was going to turn into Fernando Tatis Jr., but, you know, that's kind of the give or take of the trade market. But, you know, I like the free agent market signings that the Mets are going to make. I think they're going to be really aggressive. But if you can do that, that's where you get a situation which, Evan, I think you'll completely agree, would be your dream scenario. The Mets become the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. The Dodgers, who have arguably the best farm system in Major League Baseball. Oh, and also they're willing to spend all the money, too, and keep their prospects. And then when trade deadline comes around, They've had so many prospects that they can go trade away a bunch of them for a Max Scherzer as a rental and right. honestly not feel the pain of it because the next year the Dodgers are going to go win another 112 games. Um, that's the goal I think the Mets need to get to. Yes, they want to make trades. Yes, they want to be able to keep their prospects, but they have enough financial capital and Steve Cohen 
they can do whatever the hell they want, which is, by the way, if you're a Mets fan, that's got to be the most exciting thing to hear out loud. No doubt. And so some of the trades I put together involve using the financial might, that there mm-hmm. are contracts out there that are real bad that you could absorb, and also the idea of taking back a horrible contract to maybe lessen the load on a really good player. So let's start there. Before, before, we, before we begin, though, I yes. do. there is one caveat that I do want to know, as me being the Mets GM in this uh, you know, scenario, do I care in any way about the luxury tax threshold? Because my thought is no. No. I, I Look, first of all, we're the Mets GMs. You're the ruthless GM of every other team. So we're going to decide if we want to make the trade, if we're the New York Mets. you got to be the dick on the other side that says, I'm not making that trade. You're not Even giving better. me enough. Um, we're going to balance out the luxury tax thing. Because obviously, can the Mets have a $500 million payroll? Probably not. But I do think there are avenues where the Mets can use their financial might to make a trade. And, and yes. one that's always jumped out at me is Shohei Otani is the guy everybody wants. Um, I'm mixed about it, not because I'm mixed about Shohei Otani. I'm mixed because of the fact he's a free agent at the end of the year. So to trade, you know, top, 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 top prospects for really one year when you think about it, because mm-hmm. if you want to sign him, you sign him at the end of the year. Now, do you have an advantage if you acquire the guy first? A little bit, I guess. I mean, I think you get a little bit of an advantage, but not too much of an advantage because at the end of the day, if a guy's going to go to the highest bidder, you can be the highest bidder whether you acquired him or you didn't. I'm willing, and I hope Steve Cohen would be willing, to say, all right, we want Shohei Otani. We know you Uh want big prospects, but we're willing to take back Anthony Rendon, who might possibly have the worst contract in Major League Baseball. He makes $38 million a year for the next four years. So I ask you, I'm taking, o- I want Otani. I'm giving mm-hmm. you prospects. Can picking up Rendon make the package a little bit less? Or would you rather not even make me take that contract and still get as many young players as you possibly can? That's where the interest becomes. Now, here's the thing. Do I love the idea as me? Say I am the Angels GM. Do I love the idea that you're willing to take that much money off of me? Yeah. But if I'm giving up Shohei Otani, I'm not doing this as a salary dump. I'm doing this to get back a potential championship team. It's not just one or two of your prospects. I'm taking six of your very top prospects that you have. Six. Especially if you're looking to get them during the offseason. You want them in the offseason for a full season? (laughs) Give me everything you got. I have the money to pay Carlos Rendon. In fact, Carlos Rendon's been hurt for the last two years. I've made back a lot of that money in insurance. I don't need to give up Carlos Rendon. I need your prospects, and I can hold on to Shohei Otani all I want. Because don't worry, the Yankees will throw me the prospects if you don't. Six top prospects for Shohei Otani. Look what just happened with Juan Soto. You think Juan yeah. Soto should be getting more prospects than Shohei Otani in this current juncture? Because yes. I do not. Yeah, no, I'll t- I tell you why. I'll tell you why I would have even been willing to give up more for Juan Soto because he's under my control for more years. I mean, Otani, look, it's one year, so a rental may not be the best term. I think a rental is more like, hey, I got a guy for two months. Yes. But it's one season, and then he's mm-hmm. a free agent, and you want my entire freaking farm system for that? I do. Because here's the here's the good news for me as the Angels. I will get someone's entire farm system for that. I don't need the Mets to come to me right now. I don't need the Yankees to come to me right now because at some point, July 15th is going to come around and everybody's going to be throwing what they have at me for. Do you, do you think that, though? Because, like, the Mets, the Yankees, obviously the Dodgers, there's a handful of teams that can pay Otani. Otani's going to mm-hmm. get... A record-breaking contract. I think we all have to accept that. Assuming he's healthy for this upcoming season and he is half as good as what he's been the last couple of years, he's a $30 million a year pitcher and he's a $30 million a year bat. So I do simple math. He should make $60 million a year because he really is. If he's just a hitter, he's making maybe not 30, but he's making $25 million. He's making 25. Yeah. I mean, look, he's, he doesn't really play a position, so it's just a really good bat who DHs. So figure he makes $25 million. As a pitcher, I mean, he's definitely making over 30 because uh-huh. there are so few really good pitchers in Major League Baseball. So I figure he's making $60 million a year. So aren't you wiping out like 80% of the league in terms of keeping him long-term? Like there's only a handful of teams that can keep him. So are you giving up six prospects for a guy you're only having for one year? 
And like you just said, there's only about four teams that would be willing to pay for that threshold for him going forward, one of which being the Mets. And I know what you say, yeah, it doesn't guarantee that he's going to stay, but that extra year is a leg up. It really is. Think of someone like Mookie Betts, who immediately got traded over the Dodgers, and they immediately locked him up to a multi-year deal. Same thing with the uh, Atlanta Braves and Matt Olson. Traded for him, locked him up to like an eight-year deal. This is something that the the – yeah, team in Queens could easily do and not even deal with the bidding war. But right. if I'm Shohei Otani, I'm hitting free agency no matter what. All right, here's my deal. I'm going to make you an offer, okay? Sure. I'm going to give you – first, I'm going to give you one piece off the major league roster because I think that you want, you know, some guys who can actually help you right now. Okay. So I'm going to write off the top off you, David Peterson. All right, he's under control. He's a lefty, solid middle of the rotation arm. He's not the key to this trade, but I'm giving you him to start. Okay. I'm also going to include Brett Beatty, who's one of the top third base prospects in all of Major League Baseball. He's going to replace Anthony Rendon, who I guess I'm taking back because, you know, hey, why the hell not? I'm Steve Cohen. I got a ton of money. Mm -hmm. I'll take Rendon back. So I'm giving you Brett Beatty. I'm giving you David Peterson. I'm going to give you Ronnie Mauricio. Oh, shortstop. You can move him anywhere you want. Top five prospect in the Met organization. Mm -hmm. he's, he's a stud. All right. So now we've got three guys. I'm also going to give you Mark Vientos. Nice right-handed bat, could play third base, could play the outfield. I'm also going to give you Alex Ramirez, outfield prospect, probably about two years removed from being ready in the major leagues, but I'm going to give you him, and I'm going to give you Matthew Allen, a starting mm -hmm. pitcher who unfortunately is coming off a major injury, but give him two years, he'll be a kingpin in that angel rotation. We have a cool. deal? Cool. Nope. Nope. Uh, how about this? You go ahead and you keep your hands on Peterson. I like Peterson, but honestly, I don't need him in the big leagues. This is all about building for my future. There's a name you left out. Where's Francisco Alvarez playing next year? Because if he's not having an A on his hat, this conversation's over. Yeah, that's honestly, that's where I walk away. And I, I'm usually not a prospect lover where I'm going to blow deals up from a guy who hasn't proven anything. And Francisco is only in the major leagues for 30 seconds. But I look at it this way if I'm the Mets. And I hope Mets fans agree with me listening. At some point, you have to develop your own guys. You can't True. just buy uh, a player for every single position. You're going to need guys who don't make a lot of money for four or five mm -hmm. years who you develop. And I can't give up all of those guys for a guy that I'm going to pay $60 million a year to. So I hear Alvarez saying. is off limits. I hear what you're saying, but here's where I have to be as my organization – I'm not looking to win right now. I'm actually in the position that you just said you're in, that you need to develop guys over the next five years. You're not in that position. You're in the position that you could pay your entire team and then develop your fund, uh, farm system over the next couple of years. I'm the Angels. I don't have a farm system at the moment. I got no one in the minor leagues ready to come up and make an impact at any given point in the next three years. I'm not looking to compete next year. But what I do have is Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and Anthony Rendon, all of which, provided they're healthy, I can move and completely replenish my entire organization. If you're going to be giving me a, a trade opportunity for a player that, quite frankly, I know it would be nice for you to have them, but you don't need them, feel free to go ahead and make the trade for the player that you do need because right now, as a opposing GM looking at the Mets, I don't think you're going to get DeGrom back. You need Otani way more than you need Alvarez. So give me Alvarez and we got a deal. Well, how about this? I'll give you Kevin Parada, who's a, a top, top prospect. We just drafted him. He's being compared to Gary Carter as a minor league prospect. There you go. Mm -hmm. You got your catcher. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to offer him, <laughs> but I am willing to give you Parada in the deal for Otani. We got a deal? That is that is such a thoughtful thing. I think you're, he's going to look great when he's a Met in four years, when he works his way up the system. No, no, no. Alvarez seems as though he's going to be ready to play in the big leagues in the next year and a half, along with these other prospects that you're going to give me for Shohei Otani. No, I love that idea. It's a great idea, and it does benefit you a little bit because I know you as a Mets GM are not really feeling McCann at the moment. Tomas Nito is never going to be your everyday starter. He's going to be a perennial backup for you. So I know you're looking to eventually upgrade at that catcher position, Unfortunately, you don't need it. I need it as an angel GM right now. And quite frankly, you're not getting back to Grom. You need that starter in Shohei Otani, and you need that left-handed bat in Shohei Otani. And quite frankly, you need him a lot more than, I, than you need Alvarez. As the Angels, I need Alvarez. I want those prospects. By the way, it's funny. I, I'm, I'm negative about keeping DeGrom, too, and I think that there's this thought of, well, we have to replace him, and I, I believe that. I mm -hmm. just don't know how. It's not easy to replace 
an elite level starting pitcher. Otani though is weird to me. And it's not a knock on him because he gets to free agency. Of course I want the Mets to bid on him. Why not? I'm just really, really skeptical that let's say three years from now, he's doing this, that he's going to be a high level bat and a high level pitcher. I just, and maybe it's because we've never seen it before. And it's my ignorant brain saying, if I've never seen it before, I can't see it lasting again. I'm willing to give him all the money. I'm willing to give him all the years. I'm willing to gamble that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But are you not hesitant that maybe three years from now, Shohei Otani is not doing both at a high level? No, I'm not hesitant about that. In fact, I'm kind of <laughs> mentally praying, uh, preparing for that. But I also think the same thing about Jacob deGrom. We've only gotten what? How many starts out of Jacob deGrom the last two years? And now he's going to demand a price tag of $40 million a year. Quite frankly, as ridiculous as it sounds, because I do think Jacob deGrom is, when he's healthy, the best pitcher living. I'm not giving him that money because I don't trust he's going to be out on that field enough to warrant that paycheck. I'm looking elsewhere. But by the way, you're, you're not wrong with that evaluation. What I've always said about Jake is that because he's my guy, because he's the Tom Seaver of our generation, I'll pay him anyway and take the risk. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm much more willing to pay my guy. And if it fails, it fails. Uh, mm-hmm. The example I always use for Met fans is David Wright. The Mets kept David Wright long-term. They gave him a huge extension and it was a disaster. I mean, he had the back issues, was never the same player. And I don't think we look back on it and say, oh, my God, can you believe they paid David? He was our guy. And he we was. made sure he was here long term. So I'm not confident the Mets are going to do it. I think the Mets are a little bit more ruthless now where they're just going to make a business decision. Yeah. Um, but that's why, even though everything you said is fair about Jake, I'm not arguing with you, I would still pay him. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Let me pivot to this. How do you replace Jacob DeGrom? Well, there are some starting pitchers that hypothetically could be available on the trade market that could at least come somewhat close to the upside of Jacob DeGrom. So let me start with those cheap bastards in Cleveland. They don't pay (laughs) anybody. They didn't pay CC Sabathia. They traded him a year early. They didn't pay Cliff Lee. They got rid of him. Shane Bieber is not going to be a Cleveland guardian in three years. I think we all have to accept that. They're not going to pay him. They paid Jose Ramirez, but mainly because Jose was willing to take less to stay. So looking at Bieber, who has two years left of control, is this the moment where they trade him? Ah, you said two more years left of control. Now, they, they can get a ton back for him. Now, if I am over in Cleveland, I'm listening. I, I Here's the thing. Whenever, whenever people say that everybody's off the table, it's not the case. No one's ever off the table. There is always a deal to be made. But for Shane Bieber, with two years of control, and the Cleveland Guardians did just make the playoffs in a division that way I see it right now, they can win again next year with this exact same team. You have to convince me quite thoroughly to get rid of my two years of control of Shane Bieber. So you got to throw quite a bit at me. Now, I'm not saying quite Shohei Otani levels, but you need to give me a major league ready arm now. Uh, You need to give me at least two of your top prospects. All right, let's see if I can put this together. Uh, David Peterson. (laughs) He's my my go-to Do it. I like, you know, I like David Peterson. I actually prefer to trade Tyler and McGill. I just assume that guys out there love the lefty, you know, even mm-hmm. though David's not like 25 years old anymore. I think he's like 28 years old, but older. lefties always have that. Hey, they may develop late. You know, Randy Johnson didn't develop till he was in his thirties. Even Cliff Lee, who we talked about developed a little bit later in his career. So I'm actually not throwing him out there because I don't want him. I'm throwing him out there because I feel like he'd have appeal. Mm-hmm. So I'd give up Peterson 
I'd give up Beatty again. It's probably kind of the same deal, just not as much. I, I'm not trading Alvarez in any trade. If I'm not using okay. him in an Otani trade, I wouldn't use him in a Bieber trade. But would Peterson, Beatty, and Mauricio be enough? I'm giving you two. And maybe you guys don't want Mauricio anymore because Cleveland obviously is loaded with middle mm-hmm. infielders and infielders in general after the trade for Francisco Lindor and obviously having Jose Ramirez here long-term. So maybe Mauricio doesn't have that same value. But would that be good enough? Two prospects like Peterson slash Alex Ramirez, who's an outfielder, and uh, Beatty for Shane Bieber. I think I would do that. Is that I don't, enough? I don't hate it, but here's where I want to make the adjustment. I would, I'll, I would throw back at you. You give me Beatty and Parada, and you throw in McGill, and I'll make the trade. I think I'd do that. I would do that trade. I, I like McGill. Make that trade. I think I truly think you take McGill and you put him over with the Cleveland Guardians and their pitching staff and whatever met. Listen, I have no idea what the Cleveland Guardians are doing with their pitchers and their metrics. I don't know what what they're valuing. I don't know exactly what they're teaching, but whatever the hell it is, it's working really, really, really well. You give me a McGill and you give me put him in that system. I bet McGill in a year is going to be a Cy Young finalist. I want myself oh. McGill. <laughs> That would, that would suck. Yes, it would. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, it's interesting with Bieber. So he's going to make about $11, $12 million this year in arbitration. And then he's got another year in which he's probably going to make, obviously, a lot more. And then he gets the free agency. So it's just really a matter of if you're Cleveland, do you say we can win the division again, which they can, mm-hmm. uh, or do I max out on value? Because I think you have more teams interested when you've got two years of control as opposed to one. It because is. Bieber... It- Bieber's going to get paid, obviously. He is. and But here's that two years of control. I want McGill. I probably would like another probably outfielder that could be a flex player, someone that's a utility guy that I could throw in the infield, outfield, maybe even a type of 4A type guy. There's probably a couple of things I want thrown into the deal, but I really like McGill. Now, I might be shooting my shot a little too hard by saying that he could be within a year a Cy Young finalist, but here's the truth. What we saw out of him last year, uh, taking the place of DeGrom, dude, McGill is no joke. If he could stay healthy... And can build off a little bit of that. This guy is this guy's an all-star. Yeah, he showed signs of it early in the season. I think as Met fans, we're all biased towards what happened at the end. He got hurt multiple times, mm-hmm. came back out of the bullpen, and just wasn't good. But I tend to agree to be high on him. Maybe not Cy Young high, but high on him. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm not looking to trade Tyler McGill or David Peterson. It's more, hey, you got to give up something. You got to give up something. If, if you want Shane Bieber, especially. I mean, that guy is a perennial Cy Young finalist. Uh, let, let's go higher than that. And, and I don't think this guy would be traded. Uh, I think it would be foolish if he was traded. But again, you look at organizations that have a track record. You have to at least question it. And that is the guy who is going to win the Cy Young this year, Sandy Alcantara, who not only was an absolute bulldog this season, but is signed to like this insanely team-friendly contract. That's why if the Marlins trade him, it's a disgrace. Let's just start there. Is there any possibility the Miami Marlins, Marlin, and trade Sandy Alcantara? Yeah, yeah, sure. They just have to send over this entire list right here. That's a list See, of this whole, every top prospect. Just, just all 12 of the people on that list, just send them all, and then you can get your hands on Sandy Alcantara. Sandy Alcantara is the best pitcher in baseball. Like, and it's not even, and I got to say, the fact that he's in Miami is the reason not everyone knows he's the best pitcher in baseball. The guy almost doubled everybody's innings he had an under what what an under two era the guy was unbeatable uh i don't i don't see how they would ever give him up especially with that young core of pitching that the marlins are the marlins are going to be a force to reckon with in the next couple of years here with that pitching staff that they have like you said team friendly deal bunch of team friendly deals if they can get some offense over to that team and they have the money to spend i if if I'm the Mets, I'm not worried about the Phillies. I'm not worried about the Nats anytime soon. I'm I'm definitely worried about the Braves a little bit, but those Marlins are going to come out of nowhere, and when they do, it it's going to be scary. Yeah, and they have Alcantara in the position that they should try to get every young guy in, and that is mm-hmm. he's affordable. I mean, he's not hitting free agency anytime soon. They got him locked in on a long-term deal. He signed through 2027. So you've got through the prime of his career. I mean, I sort of feel bad for Sandy in a way because he's never going to get to cash out on being the best pitcher in baseball. I Here's where I, I'm not even arguing that he's the best pitcher in baseball. I, I always like to ask this question. When are we starting the timeline? Because obviously this past season, he's the best pitcher in baseball. No yes. one would argue that. Are we starting it just from this past season? Yes. If we're looking at the last 
three or four years? Do we make it kind of a bigger timeline? But in terms of what he did last year, the guy was great. And he did something that very few other pitchers do. And this is why I think his value is even higher. He went deep into games and he completed games. Yes. And no one else does that. Like even the other high level guys don't pitch nine innings. And the guy did it, you know, six times this past season, which is yeah. insane. So I throw him out there, but I get it. I mean, the Marlins no, no, would be it, embarrassing to trade. It's also the the unfortunate fact and cruel fact that the Marlins are in your division. So for, for the Mets to realistically trade for the best pitcher in baseball, who also happens to be in your division, I mean, it, it's everything. If it's not bolted to the ground, that's what the Marlins will, defend, uh, will demand. And rightfully so. All right, a couple of more starting pitchers before we move on. Uh, the Brewers owner, I think, recently said, we're going to be very active this offseason, which led to a lot of speculation of what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. Both same situation financially in that they have two years of arbitration, two years of control, very similar to what we said about Bieber, which means we're going to have a hell of a free agent class in three years. Mm -hmm. So signed in 23, signed in 24. Are they available or are we just speculating that because they said they're going to be active uh, that we assume they'll be available? But it, it sort of makes sense. I mean, they both have a lot of value. Teams are always looking for starting pitchers, as we were basically talking about. We're looking to replace Jacob DeGrom, potentially. Woodruff and Burns, what's the cost for me? It's going to be a lot. If you want both, what do you want both of them or one? No, no, just one. Here's what I would honestly tell you to go look at. Neither of them. Because when they're going to be active, they're not going to move either of those guys. I think they're looking to build. They missed out on the playoffs. The only reason the Phillies even made the playoffs is because the Brewers were completely inactive at the break. In fact, all they did was make their team worse by trading away Josh Hader, who finally got his act together. Um, there is another pitcher on that team I think you should look at, though, and that's Freddie Peralta. Freddie Peralta is the guy you guys should be trading for. One, I think the Brewers would be willing to take a little bit less for him because he's had some injury issues over the last couple of years. Two, he's just as good as the other two guys. And three, they don't covet him the same way. So I think you can get your hands on Freddie Peralta for a fairly reasonable price. Send over. Hey, you've been saying it all along. <laughs> Give him Peterson. The Brewers will take Peterson. If I'm the Brewers, I'll take Peterson. I could use a good left-handed arm in that staff and a good left-handed arm that can maybe even flex uh, into some bullpen innings if need be. Um, I would also, if I was the Brewers, get a, my hands on another bat. So one of your top prospects will have to come. I would push for Beatty, but if I were the Mets, I wouldn't do it. I would maybe look at... Mm, Maybe Jet Williams, shortstop. Uh, that that's a guy that's high up on the list. We can't trade Jet Williams. He's off limits Why? completely. Why is everyone's off limits no, until no, they're just, not off I'm, limits? I'm screwing around. The only reason I say that is because my son's name is Jet, so he's very excited about the fact that <laughs> let's have a prospect named Jet Williams. You know, by the way, Freddie Peralta is interesting because he's young and he has a high upside. He was an All Star two years ago. There's a personal note I have on Freddie Peralta. What's that? About three years ago. It was the last day of my fantasy league championship. He screwed you, didn't he? And he effed me on an infield <laughs> hit. And at the time, Freddie was a it was a middling middle reliever. Like go back to 2019, he wasn't much. And he gave up an infield hit in the eighth inning of a meaningless game, and it ended my fantasy season. So I guess if Freddie came to my real baseball team and became a top line starting pitcher, maybe I can forgive him. Maybe I can finally move that, past that. Maybe, maybe this is what it is. This is what's going to heal all wounds. Freddie comes over to New York. Honestly, I think that's a trade that maybe the Mets should look into. Freddie Peralta yeah. would look great as a Met. I, I, look, I like the idea of acquiring guys with big upsides. I mean, the Yankees have sort of done it a little bit with bullpen arms over the years. Clay Holmes jumps out mm-hmm. at you. Where you're not trading for a guy who already has the proven record. You're trading for a guy who you think you could take to another level. So, mm-hmm. and it costs you less because like I said earlier, I don't want to, like, I'm, I don't want to give up all these top prospects. We're only talking about it because I know you got to give up something to get something. There, there's a few middle of the rotation guys. These are no longer replacements for DeGrom, but the Mets are going to need some starting pitching because right now their rotation is not completely filled out, even though they did exercise the option on Carlos Carrasco, mm-hmm. which was a no brainer. I look towards Colorado, and, I, and I'm not sure what the Rockies are doing. I think we're all kind of confused. Are they trying to win? Are they blowing it up? They signed Chris Bryant at the end of uh, during the offseason last year. They re-signed Daniel Bard, who's a million years old. Herman, Varque- uh, Herman Marquez, who's got two years left. He's making $15 million. Then there's a club option on 16. I've always been intrigued by him. 
in what he would look like away from Coors Field. And the other guy is Kyle Freeland, who they just signed and is made he's signed for like five more years, but making a reasonable amount of money. Um, I'd assume that with both guys, the price tag couldn't possibly be high. And I'd view Marquez as a guy with, you know, high potential. He's still relatively young, especially getting him out of Coors Field. And I would think that the price tag on both Freeland and Marquez wouldn't be that gross. I would agree with you. I would, I, if I were the Mets, I would definitely kick the tires on it. But if I'm the uh, Colorado Rockies, I'm not looking to move either of these guys until maybe the trade deadline. And here's why. The Rockies, I think, are looking, like you said, they're very confusing. They confuse the living hell out of me. And I truly think they think they can compete in that division. They cannot. They will not and never anytime soon will they, especially with the lineup they're throwing out there. And it's not even a bad lineup. It's just not going to compete with the Dodgers, not going to compete with the Padres. It's not going to compete with the Diamondbacks, who, by the way, I think is kind of a sneaky organization going into next year. And I'm not even talking about the Giants, who we know is going to spend some serious money this offseason. Uh, I think during the trade deadline, they're going to be a team that's going to be looking to unload people. And there was another name you mentioned, and I know they signed him to an extension despite his age. Fun fact about Daniel Bard, by the way. Daniel Bard, my last two years of professional baseball, was my mental prep coach with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Really? He was retired with me. We, we huh. were together with the Mets in 2017. I signed with the D-backs. He signs as a mental prep coach, and he works doing therapy with players for two years Come now, uh, one spring training, he's all of a sudden throwing for the Rockies, and I'm losing my mind. I, I didn't understand what was taking place. <laughs> Daniel Bard is a guy that everyone should be after. I was actually as happy as I was for him that he signed that multi-year deal. It made so little sense to me in that the Rockies are not competing last year. They're not going to compete this year. They don't need arguably the best closer in baseball, which, by the way, Daniel Bard for the last two he years right. has been he one right. of the best closers in baseball. If I'm if I'm anybody, I'm throwing something at the Rockies to get my hands on Daniel Bard to be at the back end of I, my bullpen. I got to tell you, man, and maybe you're a little biased, and I respect it because you had a relationship with him. I would not trust Daniel Bard at 38 years old as far as I could throw. I but what has he mi- done? Look what he's done. It's I get incredible. It, but, 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 Cody, think about all the relievers who have mm-hmm. these ridiculous dominant seasons, and then the next year – the clock strikes midnight. I got one guy I was going to bring up later as a minor trade, Aaron Loop, who the Mets had yep. two years ago. Had a great year. Had like a one ERA. I love Aaron Loop. Gets paid, goes to Anaheim. Very average. Look at Adam Adovino this year. The Mets have hit the jackpot with this. I don't mm-hmm. trust Adam Adovino to have another dominant season. <laughs> and with Bard being 38 years old. He's old. He's old. Like, I, do old. I think he's going to be one of the premier relievers in baseball at 38 years old? I would bet against it. That's just me. I wouldn't give up anything of value. I truly understand everything you are saying, which is why I don't think it's going to be a ton of value you'd have to give up to get him. I just think he's a good bullpen arm. And if you don't trust him to close out games right away, which, by the way, he's shown for the last two years, he can close out games. He's doing it in cores. If you're doing it in cores, you could do it anywhere. Put him on the moon. He will close out games. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of relievers, and this trade idea came from Twitter, and it's so minor but so awesome that I have to hand it to Mike Arturo on Twitter. Because you would think when I say, hey, guys, 
Give me some Met trade ideas. It's all going to be the same. Otani, go trade for him. Go trade for this guy. This guy came up with a one-for-one trade that I think you're going to say, huh, that sort of makes sense. And I warn you, it's very minor, but really important. All right, you ready for this one? Who am I the GM for? What was that? Who am I the GM for? You're the GM of the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm listening. All right. I'm giving you Daniel Vogel back. All right, you get yourself a nice power left-handed bat, and the Mets are getting back something they desperately need. A left-handed reliever, Jalen Beeks. All right, Daniel Vogelback, straight up. Done. This is so minor, but awesome. He's yours. I played with Jalen Beeks. He's yours. Take him. Really? Yeah, I think it's a good trade. I think it does fill a need that the the Rays currently need. They just traded away G-Man Choi. Right. I'm not sure what they have. I truly do not know what they plan on first base coming up underneath them. I'm assuming they got somebody ready to go. But I like the idea of having that power bat in uh, Vogelbach. I think Vogelbach would do really well in Tampa Bay. In fact... I think Vogelbach will really play well anywhere if someone will just put him somewhere and let him just play a whole season, which no one seems to want to do. Um, I think they did that do that in Tampa Bay. He would do really well. Jalen Beeks is a good left-handed reliever. Um, he can bring a lot to the table. He can eat some innings. Now, he did have a little bit of a problem giving up home runs uh, throughout the season, uh, which definitely cost the Rays a couple of ga- ball games. But I think that's a very solid pickup for the Mets and a very solid pickup for the Rays. If I'm the Rays GM, you're offering me that trade one-on-one, I'll make the trade. And here's the thing about Vogelbach. Vogelbach is a nice player who mashes right-handed pitching. But mm-hmm. I think we as Met fans look at that DH spot and say, we need better. We need yeah. a guy. We need not a platoon that seems to make sense on paper, which Vogelbach and Ruff absolutely did. It made perfect sense on paper when you looked at the splits, and then it didn't work. Like, Vogelbach mm-hmm. was mostly good Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he was good enough. And then obviously the right-handed side of the platoon was a disaster. So I think for us as Met fans, we look at that spot, the DH spot, and say, we just need a bigger improvement. We need a bigger bat. Here's who you need. Basically, you need modern-day Carlos Delgado is what you need. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We need a bigger bat. I mean, Jose Mm -hmm. Abreu is available as a free agent, and it seems like he's gone from Chicago. I am. I'm hesitant on Jose Abreu uh, for a couple of reasons. I think Jose Abreu is a great ball player, but I think Jose Abreu, because of his age, he's going to get paid a decent amount of money. He doesn't hit for power. He's not a guy that I feel like you want to put in. I see what the what the Mets need is a kind of more of a power lefty that can hit both lefties and right. In a perfect world, they need Jordan Alvarez. Of course, right. they're not getting their hands on <laughs> okay. Jordan Alvarez. Uh, in a perfect world, that's who they need. But they're not I'll getting I'll trade you everybody um, for Jordan Alvarez. I look at Alvarez. Jose Abreu as a good ball player, but I don't see him as a fit with the Mets for whatever reason. So I do think that Vogelback right now, assuming the Mets have the active offseason we believe they're going to have, ends up being a lefty bat off the bench. And while that's mm-hmm. a great lefty bat to have off the bench, I think that they could use a left-handed reliever more. So... I do think that's a great trade from Twitter, Mike Arturo. I think I like it makes it. sense for both sides because if you look at the one of the weaknesses the Mets had last year, and granted, they won 101 games at a great regular season. They struggled all year in finding that left-handed reliever. Now, Adam Adovino, for the most part, did a great job of getting everybody out. He was much better against righties, but he survived against lefties. It, it would be nice to add true lefty relievers to this bullpen. Joely Rodriguez was not the answer, so... I think it's one of those trades where it just makes sense because I don't think most Met fans want to see Vogel back back as this, you know, every day, every day DH against right-handed pitching. If he's a lefty bat off the bench, fine. He's only making a million and a half. So he's not making a lot of money, but I don't think we want to see him necessarily getting 500 at-bats. I'll give you one more trade I got from Twitter. Uh, it involves the Diamondbacks, a team you were just talking about. It's from Adrian Reyes, all right? We're trading Dominic Smith. <laughs> We're trading Khalil Lee, which is already off to a tough start because neither guy has that much value. So tra- far, you're getting nothing. <laughs> We're trading Ronnie Mauricio. Okay. Okay. I like Relatively Ronnie Mauricio. Prospect. And by the way, I, I actually think Dom Smith still carries some value. I do think he just needs a change of scenery. I agree. And I think Dom Smith also fits that Jalen Beeks trade. Like it could yeah. necessarily be Dom Smith for Jalen Beeks yeah. as opposed to Daniel Vogelback because you know, maybe Tampa Bay looks at Dom Smith and says, we prefer him. He's better defensively, and he's got a higher upside. And I think we as Met fans, I, I really like Dom. It's nothing personal. You're 100% right, though, Cody. It's just time to move on. Like, yeah, he that's needs all. a better scene. 
And, and having played with the guy, the guy's on the guy's very talented, but yo, he's he could be streaky. And when he yes. streaks in the wrong direction, you know, you're if the especially if the Mets are not going to give him the opportunity to work out of said slump, give him get him to somewhere else where he can absolutely thrive. They're clearly not. I mean, they They're made not. a decision halfway through last year that they were done with him when they sent mm-hmm. him down to AAA and never really he came back one time, went back down again, and that was it. So basically, Adrian's putting together a package for Cattell Marte and Mark Melanson. Uh, mm-hmm. Marte is signed long-term. He's coming off a very average season. They could... love Marte. You do? They, and oh, not they just do. me, the Diamondbacks love Marte. So they're not trading yeah. him. They're not trading him. To, to, for, for the Mets to give, for the Diamondbacks to give up Marte, so far the first two names, go ahead and scratch them off the list. They're not even going to listen. Uh, if you're talking about Marte. Now, if you want to get your hands on Melanson, we could talk. I think there's a chance to get your hands on Melanson. But if you want Kettle Marte, you're going to have to come with at least one top prospect, probably two. Yeah, M- Melanson is another one of those older relievers. He's the opposite mm-hmm. of Bard in that he's coming off a bad year. So yes. you would think his value's down. But the year before that, he was pretty good. So does Melanson have one more good year left? Can I just give you the difference between Melanson and 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 Barton? But the thing about Barton is it, it's not just this year. He's It's been three straight years since the 2020 season of the 60-game season. Uh, he's been incredible where Melanson has trekked completely downhill year after year since leaving San Diego. Yeah, I look, Melanson's one of those guys where you want to bring him in as one of the nine relievers you have. Okay, I'm not going to yes. rely on him. I'm not going to give up anything of value for him. Would they move, and it goes back to the whole starting pitcher thing, would they move Bumgarner? He's got two yes. more years if left could, on his deal. Yes. If, if you, if you want to make a trade for Bumgarner and you're willing to take on the money, give me Dom Smith. Give me one starting pitcher that can be could pitch in the big leagues right now. Maybe a good high level, maybe a, a upper level prospect that's in AAA right now, and maybe throw me a flex player, and I will make you the trade if you're t- willing to take the money. Yeah, I, I I mean he's I think we have to view Bumgarner for what he is now, which is a back middle back, middle to back of the rotation guy. He's okay. Not- fine, you don't take all the money. Just give me Dom Smith and a top level uh, starting pitcher. And I will, as the Diamondbacks, I will take on 25% of Bumgarner's money, and you guys get Bumgarner. Well, you got to take on McCann, though. I mean, I'm not, you know, take we him We have on. to? Uh, well, then, well, how much of the money of McCann are you, are you going to eat? So James McCann is making 12 this year and 12 next year. Bumgarner's making 23 this year and 14 next. Honestly, how about, they, how about we just trade them straight up for each other? I'll take because on I, the remaining be- money. Because I have McCann. a cheap cat, because I have a cheap catcher that I'm paying major league minimum to. McCann would be my third catcher, yeah, and he's no. making twelve million. I can't take that on. Nah, it doesn't make sense. I, I actually put together a few James McCann trades because there are teams that need catchers, and mm-hmm. there are going to be teams that miss out on Wilson Contreras, so they're going to need somebody. And I could see them viewing McCann. White Sox. What was that? The White Sox would do it. You, the White what Sox they should would. Do, I the Whites. He had okay. so much success with the White Sox. He had a great relationship with that starting pitching, specifically with Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito pitched his very best baseball, throwing to, J- to throwing to McCann. Get McCann back over the White Sox. Maybe the White Sox could take on a little bit of the money. You dump a little bit of the money off. Maybe there's a little exchange there. I'm trying to think who could throw Dom Smith into a trade. Maybe you guys get your hands into uh, I don't know. Get your hands on like a good relief pitcher of some kind, and let's make a deal. Well, I was going to offer James McCann for Lance Lynn. I'll take on his contract. He's making eighteen and a half million dollars this I year. I'm giving you Lance Lynn just because of one down year. No, 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 no. No, I, I think I think it makes a lot of sense though. McCann, Dom Smith as kind of a sweetener, and you mm-hmm. take back a reliever because the Mets are going to have to build a bullpen right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edwin Diaz is back, which is great. Whatever you say about the contract, they, they had to give it to him. Joe Kelly. You take John Joe Kelly, Ugh. and we will take Dom Smith and McCann. You have to eat the money on McCann. Joe Kelly's insane. Like, certifiably yeah. insane. But fans of any city he's in love him, and New York Mets fans will love how insane he is. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you're right. He pitches well. We'll, we'll love anything. And that's exactly. what it comes down to. You do well. We love you. Exactly. This for James McCann. And I've talked to a few Met fans. I've kind of taken this idea to Met fans, and they all say no to it. And and I would say yes, personally. It's bad contract for bad contract, okay? James McCann to St. Louis. They obviously are looking for a catcher. Mm -hmm. Yadier is retired. And I could see the Cardinals saying, oh, we could fix James McCann. He's great with pitchers. He's going to be fantastic. 
And we would take back a guy who is signed for three more years. He's making $2 million less than McCann this year, making the same amount of money as McCann next year, and then has one more year left on his deal. And that guy is once a Met, always a Met, Stephen Matz. I would pull the trigger on that. Would the Cardinals say yes? They're getting rid of the final year of Matz's deal, and here's your catcher in James McCann. Question, do you want to get rid of James McCann so bad just for the offensive side? Because are we are, are we ignoring what he can do on the defensive side for so, you? I'm going to answer that for you. Um, I think defensively this year, he was very, very bad. I got to tell you. He was not great, but he was day. also hurt a lot. Okay. No, he was. He was. Mm-hmm. But here's the other reason why I want to get rid of James McCann so badly. I literally don't need him. Tomas Nito was so good defensively this he was. year. And actually would accidentally get a big hit and would lay down a bunt whenever I needed him. So Nito to me, who makes a lot less, is already better than James McCann easy. And then I've got Francisco Alvarez, who I kind of picture I'm working into this slowly where he'll catch half the time, he'll DH half the time. So he's going to play a lot, and I'm slowly going to kind of figure out, okay, can he catch a major league pitching staff? So between Nito and Alvarez, and if I want to carry a third catcher, fine. I just don't need James McCann, and I would rather turn his bad contract into something that can help me in a different way. That's why you could always use starting pitching depth. I would trade him for Steven Matz as bad as he was last year just because I need another arm. I don't need James McCann anymore. Now, I love the deal for the Mets. Now, if I'm the Cardinals, I would probably want a little bit more uh, than just McCann. Because it was one year of a contract. Matz also got hurt. And also remember, there was a little bit of bad blood with that whole signing with Steven Matz and the whole issue with the Mets. So much so that when Papa Steve Cohen goes out and tweets about it, I don't expect Steven Matz coming back anytime soon. All right, I got a, I got an interesting one. So the Cardinals have another really bad contract on their team. In fact, this guy this past year was so freaking bad. He hit, let me let me confirm this, 157. And the year before that, he hit 197. He makes $9 million this year, so a little bit less than McCann. And then there's a club option for him next year at 12 and a half. No one would pay. And his name is Paul DeYoung. And personally, let me just explain why I would do this. Paul DeYoung murders the New York Mets. He kills the New York Mets. Mm-hmm. And if I could just bring him in, I never have to face him again. Even if I'm putting his ass on the shelf. So if Why? you're the Cardinals, you, you make play the Cardinals enough. You play the Cardinals like two series all year. You don't, yeah. He can't beat you that bad. He does. <laughs> <laughs> I got to check those stats. Oh, my God, dude. He's, he's a Met killer. And for some reason, I can't explain it. He's just falling off the, the rooftop. He just can't hit anymore. He was actually a real serviceable player. Hit 30 home runs a couple of years ago. Now, the guy can't hit. Obviously, the Mets wouldn't have that much of a use for him, uh, considering they have a shortstop in Francisco Lindor, and they actually have a lot of options in their middle infield. Between they Jeff do. McNeil, who you can stick everywhere, and Luis Guillerme, and Eduardo mm-hmm. Escobar, they're, they're fine. And by the way, can you please put on the record on this show how early on I've been talking to you about Luis Guillerme? You love Luis Guillerme? Is that what you're saying? I have loved Luis Guillerme since the moment I set eyes on this guy in early 2017. I'm thrilled that he is where he is. Now, do I want him to get in better shape? Yeah, I do. <laughs> he kind of like looks a little chunky. I would, I would, I, I've seen him nude. I would like him to get what? in slightly better shape. I played with him. We were together with the Mets organization. Were I've you? seen him nude. I've seen everybody nude. I'll tell you the moment I fell in love with Luis because I've been a, a long Luis lover as well. And I don't know if you were there, so correct me if I'm wrong, because I forget the year. This was spring training, so it just bothered Catching me. of the bat? Yes. That the was greatest. It. I wasn't there for that, sadly. It was, it was right before I met him. I believe it was 2017. I was with the Brewers at the time. I went to play the WBC with Team Israel. I came back with the Brewers. I got released last day of camp, signed with the Mets three days later. I go meet up with the team in AA in Binghamton, completely wearing it over there for about a month. They called, they called me and was like, hey, no, 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 listen, you're only going to be here for a week. I'm like, okay, you're going to keep me here for a month and a half. And if I'm here for, <laughs> if I'm here in Binghamton for longer than a month and a half, I will burn Binghamton to the ground. Got to exactly a month and a half. Thank <laughs> God they got me out of there because I was ready to lose my mind. But I played with Giorme there and um, man, just, I have, I've only played with a couple of infielders that I think are that smooth defensively. Um, I, 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 in my head, like three guys. I played with you know, Brandon Crawford, who is probably the best infielder I've ever seen. A guy named Beamer Weems, who you never got to see. 
This guy uh, was the single greatest infielder of all time, and he never did anything that looked good. He, he, he made everything look lazy and simple, like right. it was boring to him. Um, and then there's Luis Guillorme, who is just the smoothest second second baseman you could ever dream Oh, dude, I, we love him. And the, and the other thing I think that he does that I also appreciate, besides the defense, which is obvious and you laid out beautifully, he could stick him anywhere, he's amazing, mm-hmm. is that he'll give you some at-bats that are just wars. You know, he had that at-bat in spring training a few years ago that garnered attention where he had like a 23-pitch at-bat. And, and it he's was doing that on purpose, by the way. He's done, oh, that- he does that on purpose. He's just something. He, yeah. He sometimes will go up there with no intention to get on base. He's like, ah, how many pitches do we need? What's his pitch count? Yes. He's only at 20 in, in three innings. <laughs> okay, let's fix that. Oh, and he'll foul off pitches for 20 minutes because he's th- he's just that good with this. And I, admit, I cannot stress enough how good this guy is. And that's, for me, my baseball porn. When a guy can go up there and have a 25-pitch at-bat, that's my baseball porn. So I love Luis. Uh, he, he shouldn't be an everyday player. You know, I think that he's the perfect super utility guy on this roster. He's absolutely but, perfect. Late inning defense, especially if Brett Beatty is going to become the third baseman because he's shaky defensively. You stick Luis in here late in the game. Or if there's an injury like we saw last year and Jeff McNeil's got to play the outfield, okay, Luis is the fill-in, and he goes out and plays second base. Honest um, question for you. You as a Met guy, yeah. how, how good does it feel? Like, for the first – like, I'm sure you felt it in the past because the Mets really – even though with the Will Ponce, they still had money. But how does it feel now knowing that we're doing all these ideas of trades and really the only trades they should be doing is for back-end bullpen arms and just occasional arms when the free agent market is really the Mets' oyster to pick whatever they want? No, it feels great. And and I'll tell you one thing that makes me feel really, really good is as much as I want Jake back, and I'll be upset if the Mets lose him, I will be, I remind myself that the Mets are going to instantly pivot and they're going to take the $35 million that maybe they allotted for Jake and they're going to spend it elsewhere. So while I may not prefer doing that, I prefer just keeping Jake. It is cool that unlike in the past when the Mets lost Zach Wheeler and it was like, all right, we lost Zach Wheeler because my ownership is cheap. That's it. I at least know the ownership's going to pivot and do something big and do something Mm -hmm. awesome. So it's a saving grace because Otherwise, you lose a star player and then you just let it go, which I've seen in the past. It's the absolute worst feeling in the world. So, yeah, that makes me. And and look, we started this whole thing off with Otani. I really believe this. I think that's the apple of Steve Cohen's eye. And I think that next year at this time, we're talking about the Mets being the highest bidder on Shohei Otani. Now, could he be the kind of guy that doesn't want to play in New York? Sure. So I, I can't rule that out. He may not want to come here. So ultimately, he may not come here. We remember a few years ago when we all thought he was picking the Yankees. He didn't. He picked the Angels. So he absolutely could just say, thanks, but no thanks. But I really believe the Mets are going to be the highest bidder for Shohei Otani in one year. And I think that's a part of why when we opened this, I wasn't willing to give up as many prospects because I kind of think he's on my team next year anyway. Can I tell you, as a baseball player, uh, I do think the New York thing has been overblown uh, a little bit. And I think that's, that's, a, that's a narrative that's been created more in New York than anywhere else. Um, fan, the players will go play in New York and happily. Like, for instance, I always wanted to play in New York. It wasn't necessarily the Yankees. Honestly, I wanted to be a Met more than I wanted to be a Yankee. But I always thought it'd be cool to be a Yankee. I just didn't want to shave every day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I got to say, Met, New York is a destination for players. Like, it's... No one looks at uh, free agency we're like, well, I don't know, you know, playing in front of those fans. Trust me, Philly fans are worse. San Diego fans are not good to you if you're not playing well. Dodger fans aren't good to you if you're not playing well. Um, it, it, it can be pretty toxic in every single fan base. And I know Yankee fans do have a very specific delusion on whether where their fandom really is because that I guess it comes with winning 227 championships over a right. 150-year span, but... As a player, I always wanted to play in New York. Always. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you very much. If only you were a super all-star, then we would have loved it. You know what I mean? I wasn't very good, Evan. (laughs) I understand. All right, three more names I want to throw at you. All right? Number one, Brian. it's really a combination. It's Brian Reynolds, who we always hear Pittsburgh is looking to move. And I think for the sake of building a bullpen, David Bednar would be the other guy I would sort of attach to him. That'd be amazing to get him. Um, What's the price tag? assuming the Pirates actually give in on Brian Reynolds by himself 
And I guess we could throw in a Reynolds Bednar package. How many prospects do I have to give you for that? Probably two or three. Um, and you, one of which is going to have to be a top prospect. Here's the thing. The, the Pirates are aware they're not looking to win this year. The Pirates have a lot of young, young, young talent. And if anyone's getting anywhere near to free agency, they're looking to move them because they're not looking at this season. They're not even looking at 2024. 2025, I think, is the plan for the Pittsburgh Pirates to truly compete. So they need some players that are ready to play in the big leagues and ready to play at a high level in 2025. Um, so quite frankly, give me your top two prospects and eat a little bit of money and maybe throw a couple of uh, good farm hands in between. Maybe one uh, major league pitcher uh, that I could use in the bullpen. But I do know this. The Pirates have a very firm rule that they don't sign anyone unless they throw 97 now. Um, so it's um, you're going to have to give me some top prospects, but I'm willing to part with both of these players, and I'm not looking to break your bank. Yeah, Reynolds, I think, makes sense if they lose Brandon Nimmo. Bednar would make sense no matter what. I, if, I, if I'm the Mets, I want Bednar more, more than I want Reynolds. Yeah, I, I really want Bednar more. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And he was a guy we looked at before the deadline and said he'd be a great fit. And obviously, Pittsburgh decided not to move him. Uh, another guy who I remember we targeted before the trade deadline. It's weird with him. This guy had a good season. He fell off in the second half. And his road numbers are atrocious. And that's C.J. Crone. Of the Colorado Rockies. Mm-hmm. We mentioned the Rockies before. We're not sure what the hell they're trying to do. Uh, he could be that DH. He could be that guy. We say, all right, you're DHing every day. Occasionally you'll play first base when Pete Alonso gets an off day. Number one, would you be scared off by Chrome because of what I just mentioned? Fell off in the second half. His road numbers were atrocious. I played I played against Crone a lot. I played for his dad. I played with his brother. Uh, CJ Crone is a great right-handed power hitter. Remember everything I said about New York? I don't know what it is. I do not think CJ Crone would be successful as a player in New York. Really? I don't, and I don't know what it is. I do, that is not a, a, a testament on his toughness or even his skill. But you mentioned how bad he was on the road. He's incredible at Coors, but he's also been successful other places. He did yes. a great job in Detroit. Did a great job in Minnesota. But I don't know what it is. I feel like if you go and get your hands on CJ Crone and you put him in Queens, you're going to run into... Uh, uh, a McCann situation all over again. A Darren <laughs> Ruff. Darren Ruff is more the better, uh, better uh, compatible player to him. I think you're gonna run into a Darren Ruff situation. Oh boy, do you think that's what happened to Darren Ruff? Because sometimes I I like to assume ah you know what guys slump at the wrong time. I remember it happened to Jay Bruce after they acquired him in mm-hmm. 2016. So it it's, isn't always necessarily New York. But you think that's what it was with Ruff? Could have been that. Could have just. Hey, it's hard to get traded midseason, man. It, you're, especially you're going if you have a family and everything. You're going to another side of the country. You know, off off field things, whether you want to admit it or not, they affect they yeah. affect everything. You know, it, it's tricky to get traded midseason. I got traded only one time, and it affected the living hell out of me. I I get to this new team. I'm trying to get acclimated. I kind of go zero for twenty, and that zero for twenty spelled out my fate with the organization. And it was just 20 at-bats. I didn't get my opportunity to get my 300 at-bats with them. Um, it was just one of those things. All right, last guy. Um, I can't believe the Red Sox wouldn't just lock him up long-term. And that's Rafael Devers, who's become this superstar left-handed bat, puts up awesome numbers every single season. Um, look, why not? I mean, as much as I think Brett Beatty could turn into a really good third baseman, there's a really good chance Brett Beatty's never going to be Rafael Devers. One more year before free agency. Again, I, I don't understand what the Red Sox are doing in a lot of ways. Mookie Betts should be a Red Sox. Xander Bogart should be a Red Sox. And they let Mookie go. They may let Bogarts go. Devers is so young, too. He's 26 years old. He's one of those guys who's going to get to free agency at an insanely young age. I can't believe that they would trade him. But is that how much is that going to take for me to get my hands on Devers? Too much. My thought is wait a year. Just wait a year. And if you want your hands on Devers, you could get your hands on Devers next season. I do think the Red Sox are going to lock him up. I, I can't imagine the Red Sox allowing Rafael Devers to slip through their fingers. And if it comes to the point where it looks like there is no chance to get a deal done, we're talking a Juan Soto trade midseason this mm. year. Um, we're talking a lot of prospects flying around. And you better believe the Dodgers are not signing back Justin Turner the Dodgers are going to throw some prospects over to the Red Sox to get their hands on Rafi Devers. Devers is so – you get your hands on Devers, whether it's free agency or trade, you're looking at three guys in Alonzo, Devers, and Lindor that are in the middle of your lineup for the next decade. Like you not are to mention you got, Not to mention you'll have uh, you know, 
uh, McNeil setting up. Yep. You'll have Marte is still a part of this ball club. Like this, that would be a devastating lineup to face. Yeah. That's a game, kind of game changing kind of trade. Now, yeah, here's the truth about this podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed it. There's a very good chance none of what we talked about is going to happen because, <laughs> <laughs> because the Mets are going to make their active moves in free agency. But if any of these trades happen, Cody, Hoff, and me, we get all the credit, and we'll make sure we let John Heyman know about that. I will let John Heyman know about that. John, we had it here first. Damn right. Well, thank you, Cody. I appreciate you coming on. Always a pleasure, my friend. Of course, guys. Thanks for having me. Great Cody Decker. Next week on Rico, obviously any kind of breaking Met news, we'll give you analysis. We'll also go through the greatest and worst free agent signings in the history of the New York Mets. A walk down memory lane. That's always fun. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Rico Brunia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Brunia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.